0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple
1: Threat Sports, Mariska's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving the Chicagoland area. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Navo and 670
0: The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to this extremely special edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We are coming to you in the aftermath, the afterglow, if you will, of the first round of the NHL draft. My name is James Naveau, coming to you from NBC Chicago, downtown today. That's right. And joining me from his uh, man cave in Homewood, Illinois, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 to score. Jay, we talked so much coming into this draft about what the Chicago Blackhawks would end up doing with that number three pick. Tonight, we finally found out it was Kirby Doc out of Saskatoon, got picked with the third overall selection. First takeaways, my friend, what do you think of the Blackhawks pick?
1: Well, as it, as the week went on, it sort of became clear that the Blackhawks were going to pick a center and that Bowen Byram was not the guy for them. Um, I still think if I was in Stan Bowman's shoes tonight, I would have taken Byram. I, it would have been hard for me to pass on the opportunity to get your next franchise defenseman. But they didn't do it. We can spend the rest of Kirby Doc's career breaking down if they should have taken Bowen Byram or not, or not. So let's talk about the guy they did take. As the week went on, I started to like this idea of Kirby Doc more and more. And I have to give you credit. The night we did our dra- the, our reaction to the Hawks getting the third pick, the night we found out that was happening, Doc was a guy that you ID'd as a good fit for the Hawks and a guy that you liked. So I actually earlier tonight shared that post and I timestamped it. So if people want to go back and listen, they can hear James sort of wax poetic about Kirby Doc way back. What was that April?
0: Yeah, it was April when the uh, NHL draft lottery took place. It was literally like an hour or two after that had happened. You and I like kind of did a first perusal of uh, videos of these guys, and I just there were several things about Kirby Doc that immediately stood out to me. And we can obviously get into that, but I did want you to uh, finish your thoughts and uh, praising me for my foresight.
1: Oh, that was it. I'm done praising you. No, I I, <laughs> I just think look, I know a lot. And I'm, I'm pointing the thumb as much as the finger. All of us, once we found out about this, dug our heels in and said, this is my guy based on the limited research I've done, this stuff I've read. None of us are, are truly draft experts, and that's why we we rely upon people like Corey Pronman and Ryan Wagman and all these you know prospect experts, and we do our due diligence watching tape, and you try to find the guy that fits you best. But if you ask a Hawk fan... What are, what are one of the things that the Hawks lack and what is something they've lacked for a long time? It would be a big power forward center. Yes, they've got Jonathan Taves. They've got Dylan Strom. They've had Arteminisimov, who is sort of a poor man's power forward center. But Kirby Doc is a legit 6'4", 200 pounds. He towers over the competition. When you watch his highlights and you watch his games, his physical stature is... It's overwhelming. He stands out among those guys, and he's only 18. He's only going to get bigger. The comps I've heard are James Van Riemsdyk, Ryan Getzlaff. If he's one of those two guys, it's a hell of a pick. It's a really good pick. He's got skill. He's got size. Not a huge fighter or anything like that. Not a guy who's going to lay people out with bone-crushing hits or anything, but he plays a big game. And the power play had a resurgence last year, but that's been a problem for years as well. Now you've got a guy who was willing and able to park himself in front and when he finds the puck at his feet, he has the ability to put it in the back of the net. I' like the pick. they could have taken Alex Turcott. I would have liked that. obviously Bowen Byram I would have liked too but Kirby Doc to me is a fine pick here. We talked earlier uh, you and I off the uh, you know on Twitter we spoke to each other privately about how people are wanting the Hawks to trade down and still take Doc and yeah that would be ideal. But if the offer is not made, you can't do it. They might have called around and said, hey, we'd like to trade down to get your other first round pick. How about it? And they can say, no, get bent.
0: <laughs> you mm-hmm. know,
1: like, yeah, you can't force other teams to trade with you. So number three pick, not the guy I would have chosen, but I'm also not unhappy about it. I just want that to be clear.
0: Yeah, I think that that's something that uh, all Blackhawk fans can kind of say, like, look, like we really liked Bowen Byram, or we liked, you know, whomever else was on that short list of the fans that, you know, had kind of looked into this and done some research going into the draft. But I think at the end of the day, what the Blackhawks ended up realizing is that if they had identified a guy, they weren't going to take the chance that he was going to come off the board. The guys that were ranked kind of in that three to eight range were all so interchangeable this year. And obviously Bowen Byram got a lot of attention because of the fact that, The defensive position seemed like a scarcity this year, even though a bunch of defensemen ended up going in the top 11, which kind of ran counterintuitive to a lot of the rankings that we saw. The Blackhawks, I think, realized that if they had really isolated their guy, when you have the number three pick and you essentially get to kick the draft off because we all knew Jack Hughes and Capocacco were going to go 1-2, like that was just a given. The Blackhawks really had the first contested pick of this draft. And if they had identified a guy that was on the top of their board that was outside of those top two, you can't run that risk of trading down three or four spots and just kind of hoping that that guy was going to be there. Yeah, you still could have gotten a guy like a Dylan Cousins or, you know, an Alex Turcott but the reality of the matter is if they were looking for basically, I I hesitate to use the term heir apparent to Jonathan Taves because it it maybe draws an unfair comparison and an expectation of what Kirby Doc is going to be early in his career. But the fact of the matter remains, they needed another power center, a guy like you said, that's able to not only park himself in front of the net, but to have the hands to work the puck when he gets there and every piece of tape that I saw of Kirby Dot going into this draft shows that he has the ability to do that. And then, on top of that, he's also a really solid passer. He could end up being a really good facilitator for a guy like a Patrick Kane or an Alex Debrinkit. And I think that the Blackhawks looked at all of those factors, realized the dearth of that kind of player that they have in their system, and they decided to make that move. And I think this move, to me, Clearly signifies that they really do believe that he can be an impact player on night one in the NHL.
1: Yeah, and I have no problem with the Blackhawks, like you said, identifying their guy and getting him. We saw the Bears do it with Mitch Trubisky, and they've taken heat for it ever since. And yeah, guys taken after Trubisky have been better. But look,
0: I appreciate. Except for Solomon Thomas, the guy that was (laughs) drafted by the 49ers. Let's not forget that.
1: And remember, John Lynch was a huge genius the night that happened. Right? And boy, howdy, that really worked out well for him, well, didn't it? And look, there, Pat, Patrick Mahomes is better than Mitch Trubisky. And uh, Deshaun Watson, you could argue, is better than Mitch Trubisky. But mm-hmm. the fact that Ryan Pace identified his guy and went and got him, I like that. I like that they've done the research. They know what they're looking for for their system. They know what they're looking for for their team. And they said, this is our guy. And that's good. Stan Bowman. And his staff, Mark Kelly, all those guys, all those scouts, they know a hell of a lot more about this than I ever will. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're going to be wrong. Maybe one of the guys taken after Kirby Dock will have a better NHL career, but it's no guarantee it would have happened here. And, you know, I I think about this when I was when the Florida Panthers were on the clock and I saw uh, Cole Caulfield up to be picked and I saw Joe Quentinville standing there. I'm like, no way. There's no way they're <laughs> taking Cofield here because they got Quenville as coach. And Cofield can go on and score, you know, uh, 50 goals. For, who took him? I, I'm blanking.
0: Uh, Montreal. Montreal, that's right. Him at 15, yeah.
1: So he can go score 50 goals for the Canadiens, and it doesn't mean it would have worked in Florida, right? So all these are all factors. I know, like, draft night, the raw reaction is a huge thing. I'm glad that you and I sort of held off on doing this podcast for a few hours. We let the first round go through – and gave herself some time to absorb this thing, and look, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm content. I think they got a guy that's going to make them good, better, and he's going to be a part of things for a long, long time here, and a good part of things. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him get on the ice. And by the way, if you missed our draft preview episode with Ryan Wagman of McKean's Hockey, he thought that Kirby Doc is, aside from Jack Hughes and Kapokako capo caco sorry he <laughs> is the most nhl ready player in this draft yeah. and sam bowman today said he will have every opportunity to make the team next year so they're not wasting any time you're looking at 6'4, 200 pounds that is an nhl ready body maybe that was a consideration maybe they want to get him in here sooner than later and instead of having to go find sign a center they can just plug him in right away as the third line center let him grow on the job let him learn from taves and, Strom, and then when the Taves decline begins, he's ready for that number one center job.
0: Yeah, and we've obviously talked extensively about Jonathan Taves potentially being moved off of center. And that could potentially have played a role in the decision to draft Kirby Doc. But I think a more immediate question that gets brought up, and if it's okay with you, I feel like it's time to kind of start getting into the questions that this pick ends up Absolutely. Uh, bringing up. The first one I had, and I don't know if you had a similar reaction to this, is does this tell us something not about Artem Anisimov, who I think is very clearly on the block at this point with the center depth that the Blackhawks have, but does this tell us something about their concerns maybe about getting Dylan Strome re-signed to a decent contract if they're this willing to go out and get an NHL-ready center who's going to be cost-controlled for the next few years? Does that... Uh question come up to you, and what do you think about uh, that potential angle
1: of this story? I, I like that angle. I thought of it tonight as well. And here's another factor. You're looking at it from, will we be able to sign him? I'm looking at it from the angle of, do we want to sign him? Mm. Yes, he had one really great year. Uh, he's a free agent after this year. He's If he has another year like this, it's tough to let him walk. Still a restricted free agent, though, right, right. after yes. next season. So he's not going to get huge, huge breaking the bank money. But I wonder if if they are ready to commit long term to Dylan Strome. So I, you know me, I'm a huge Dylan Strome fan. Like he impressed me from his first game here, and we said it the other day. He was one of our number one stars. Almost every time he took the ice this year, uh, he was outstanding. So I like him. I want him around. But I wonder if they feel eh, maybe we don't want to give this guy big money, you know, knowing to it needs a new contract, knowing they're going to probably be players in free agency this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're looking at potentially trading Dylan Strom at some point. I don't know. I, I think that that is the most interesting angle here. And it, it probably won't be answered this summer. It would shock me if they trade him this summer. But uh yeah. if they feel like they're not going to be able to get a deal done or don't want to get a deal done that you know maybe they can move him. I don't know. I don't I, I'm not advocating for that, but you do have
0: to wonder what the impact on Strom will be here. Right. And I I was going to say that I think obviously a trade is definitely in the you know, cards as a possibility if they really are concerned about their ability to re-sign Dylan Strome. But I also wanted to bring up a couple of maybe a little bit more positive, like, spins that you can potentially put on this when it comes to Dylan Strome. The first thing is it could potentially just, you know kick him maybe into a top six wing role, even though he obviously is, you know, a guy that can play second line center. We saw that this last season. It could be interesting to maybe move him to wing occasionally and give Kirby Doc that kind of a safety valve to kind of take some of the pressure off of him in his early stages of his career. Well, I thought that could potentially... Go ahead, sorry. No,
1: Strom played uh, left wing on the first power play unit for the bulk of, the, of his time here. So right. he's definitely capable. I,
0: yeah, and that's and that's something that I think the Blackhawks could look very seriously at because that really does give you a strong boost to your top six forwards if you can move Dylan Strom to a wing and have Patrick Kane on another wing, have Alex DeBrinkett on a wing. I mean, those are some really good top six forwards that the Blackhawks could potentially run out there if Kirby Dock ends up working out in his first NHL season. So I think if you want to kind of put a positive spin on that, it could really make – Dylan Strome a little bit more versatile and allow Jeremy Colladin to kind of move him all over the ice. And I kind of like that idea if that's indeed what they're thinking about doing. The second question that I have about Kirby doc is maybe more so one of expectation. I, I get the sense the Blackhawks are going to like Sam Bowman said, I take him at his word when he says they're going to give him every opportunity to make the team coming out of training camp My question to you is if he doesn't, if he, say, plays like eight games, they opt to send him back to junior, does that to you put just that little bit more pressure or heck a lot of pressure on Stan Bowman's job security with this team? Or do you think that the team has shown enough uh, confidence in Bowman's abilities that you don't think that this is a make-or-break proposition?
1: I don't think, Doc, making the team this year is going to make a difference on Stan Bowman's job job security. I think if we're talking about two years, two and a half years down the road, and maybe he starts, you know, uh, the twenty, what would it be, the twenty 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 one season, uh, slow and doesn't come out and make the team right away, or when he does, he starts poorly, that could start turning some heads. But I think it's, it's aside from the elite talents like uh, Jack Hughes and Cabo Caco, um, it's pretty rare for a, a first round pick to come out and play and make an impact the first year. Um, so no, I, I don't think that puts any added pressure on Stan Bowman necessarily, but I do think having this pick, having it at this point, number three, at this point in the Blackhawks, um, I guess you'd say in the part of this era, it's so very important and it's so very important that they get this pick right. And I think that's part of why I was so uh, bullish for Byram. Hey, just yep. sort of a slogan um, because <laughs> I felt like it was not only safe, but it was it was going to work. You know, like not only was it a safe pick like, OK, this guy probably won't suck. I think it was also your best shot at a home run. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of why that why my feeling was as strong as it was for Byron.
0: I, I can agree with you to a point, but I will say. And this is kind of kind of it's a little bit bigger picture. And maybe the Blackhawks organization doesn't allow this to kind of color their judgment. But if, say, Bowen Byram goes out in Colorado and ends up having a dynamite rookie season and, all indications are he could, with the role that they would have envisioned for him, being able to move the puck up to guys like Gabriel and Descog and Nathan McKinnon and those types of guys. If he ends up having a really strong rookie season with the abs and makes that team out of camp, or if Alex Turcotte makes the Kings, which, I mean, why wouldn't he? The Kings are terrible. If Alex Turcott comes out, ends up lighting the world on fire as a forward for that team, if those kinds of things happen and Kirby Dock either doesn't make the team or does and ends up having a prolonged period of struggles, I think maybe that puts a little bit of pressure on the organization because then it's Stan Bowman who had the opportunity to take both of those guys and you could have easily made arguments for either one of them with Bowen Byram not really fitting the mold of what the Blackhawks already have in place. You would have had that unique asset or Alex Turcott with the you know, home kid advantage, so to speak. Like if those guys go out and they play well elsewhere, I think maybe those external forces more so than just Kirby doc himself, maybe put a little bit of pressure on uh, Stan Bowman's job security. I think so. I I think you could say that though, with any pick in any draft, you know what I mean? I think
1: anytime a player is picked, you look, we just talked about Mitch Trubisky. I'm sure George McCaskey looks at Patrick Mahomes and says, Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's right. a little bit of a that guy's better and we didn't take him. But again, there are other circumstances. There's the other players around him and things like that. But I think offensively, the Hawks in Colorado are close ish in terms mm-hmm. of talent. Colorado's probably a little deeper. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there is something to that. If Turcott and Byram come out right away and contribute, then I think that that is if you're having like a pluses and minus sort of a chart made up for Sam Bowman, that would be a minus, I think, for sure. Right. Um. So th- there's a lot. I mean, the, uh, Kirby Doc is going to be part of the conversation on this podcast for the next two, three years. You know, it, At least, yeah. This is the biggest move they're going to make in a long time. You would think next year they're probably going to challenge for a playoff spot. They're not going to luck in to uh, a lottery pick like this. Um. So th- this was a huge one. This was a huge move for Stan Bowman. And the fact that he had the confidence to make this pick makes me think he must know something we don't. So uh, I'm excited about it. And by the way, if you're excited about Kirby Doc, you know where to get your Kirby Doc jersey. Triple Threat Sports, TripleThreatSports.com. Number 77. I'm so excited about that. That's the number I wear all the time. It's my birth year. It's not Kirby Docs. That's for sure. Call Triple Threat Sports, order your Kirby Doc jersey, 708-478-6090. Triple Threat Sports. If you can wear it, they can make it. And keep in mind, if you need a jersey for your team, outfitting for your team, they can help you out there too. So go visit Chris, our friend at Triple Threat Sports. Um, so why don't we do this? Let's take a timeout. Uh there are I've been talking to some people. I think some things are coming this weekend. I don't think the Hawks are done. Obviously, they have some draft picks to make, but I think there might be a trade or two made this weekend. Let's talk about those possibilities. There are some big names being dangled at the draft this weekend. Let's talk about that a little bit when we come back on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh,
1: The only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The, the name your price, price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran
0: afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We are brought to you by our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street, family owned and operated since 1933 go try the poor boy go try the chops the seafood the steaks the twice baked potatoes the onion rings as big as your head everything at Marishka's is phenomenal but that first time you go you're going to want to try that poor boy it is their signature dish it's what put them on the map it's what keeps them on the map it is absolutely phenomenal bring your friends bring your family everyone will be happy at Marishka 604 theater street close only on christmas easter the 4th of july and thanksgiving so go visit them at marishkas.com or on facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas that's
0: m-e-r-i-c-h-k-a-s if i ever get out of chicago alive considering (laughs) that the rolling stones traffic is probably going to trap me in the city for the next six or seven years i need to get back to marishkas asap take a detour i'm gonna have to take the side (laughs) roads from downtown to crest hill You'll be there for <laughs> breakfast tomorrow. I will be there. Do they have a breakfast poor boy is the question. Oh my god, can you imagine? Uh oh. no, but I think we should invent it now. I think we just did. Anyway, now that we've done that and now that uh Marishka's is going to have to give us a little bit more scratch being that we've come up with <laughs> the greatest idea ever. I think, Jay, we need to ask one more question about Kirby Doc and what his selection means for the Blackhawks and this one is a big picture question. All right. Now that the team has acquired this center that they likely weren't going to be able to find in free agency or via trade this off season, the question becomes what comes next for the Blackhawks? What to you stands out as their biggest priority and what directions do you think the Blackhawks could potentially go now that Kirby Dock is going to be wearing the number 77 for this team?
1: I think I would like to strengthen their uh, winger situation um i'm and not i'm not talking about the 80s hairband winger uh i'm talking about the left wing right wing when you look at the depth chart the top six is very strong but then we're getting into the unknown dylan securas um this anton whedon they signed they really like kubalik is going to be part of the team but i'm just like i don't want to see john hayden anymore you know i don't want I, I need one more winger that can put the puck in the net that to me is an absolute necessity and maybe that's addressed via free agency. The the rain the name Ryan Zingle will not go away. Everywhere I look, I see Ryan Zingle's name tied to the Blackhawks. Uh him with he was with Columbus last year, if you don't know 26 goals, 30 assists, and 78 games. That's exactly the kind of player they need. And he's a local. He grew up in Wheaton. He knows what it means to wear the Indian head, my friend.
0: That you know what? That's actually a really accurate point and I didn't even think about that, Jay. I'm so <laughs> glad that you did. But I gotta, I gotta agree with you. I think that the uh, winger situation is one that they're probably going to use that uh, extensive uh, salary cap room that they do have. I know that they are going to stash some of that aside in order to re-sign Alex DeBrenkid. Do you th- do you get the sense that that's something they could get done this off-season, even though it's a year out? I think they potentially could. They give him like a decent-sized deal and get him locked up. I think that would be a really uh, prudent move by the Blackhawks to do that
1: that's what I would do I would get ahead of it before he pots 50 next year
0: yeah <laughs> and, mean, and and I'm not obviously I'm not under some delusion that they're going to be able to sign him to like a three-year four million dollar a season kind of bridge deal obviously it's not going to be that I would think that well give him um, give him the, eight before he earns 11 Exact. well I'm just saying that I think you end up probably your baseline is probably more along the lines of what they gave to Artemi Panarin. I believe that was, what, two years, $6 million a season, kind of like that. Right. that. I believe that kind of level of contract, maybe that's your starting point. Maybe that kind of gets the ball rolling. I think that could be a really smart idea for him, especially – with the potential of a lockout coming up. I think that you want to try to get him under some type of deal that gives him some more money on the front end of this thing and gives him a little bit of security going into that. So that, to me, is an area that you could start with is potentially re-signing Alex DeBrinkit. I think the winger question is an interesting one. And I know, I know we talked about Zingle, but you know the other elephant in this room, the one that keeps popping up. Do you think there's any, any scenario in which they bring back artemi panarin i know it's the question that won't die and i personally don't think they're going to go in that direction but i might be crazy i might be letting my uh bias show a little bit here what do you think would columbus take
1: brandon sod back would you here's the deal what you'd have to do is you have to trade brandon sod for the negotiating rights to panarin right and you'd have to know panarin is signing here yeah. Th- that way, Columbus gets something back instead of just outright losing Artemi Panarin, which is what the alternative is. So, if you can give yourself those couple days' advantage to negotiate and sign Panarin, that might be your best bet. Or you can wait and just try to sign him, but then you're going to get in a bidding war. Right. And then you're, t- I mean, it's going to cost you anyway. But if it starts to become a bidding war, that's going to be tough. So, if you can get his rights locked up, and then try to sign him before... I know the tampering period starts... Like I think it starts Monday.
0: Yeah, let's um, say it actually starts pretty quick. They moved it up a little bit. They they moved up the legal tampering in the NHL. So Cause remember, we I knew... Know that, the last year,
1: we knew about Cam Ward for a long time before it was official.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't know if they're going to... I don't know if they really have that option anymore to jump the gun on the legal tampering period i think that shit probably sailed uh they could have done that maybe like last week and do you think columbus would take on a six million dollar a year salary to uh basically that's their compensation for losing artemi panarin i don't know if that is well he sod is still a good and young player and you look at the contract that kevin freaking hayes just
1: signed kevin hayes is a seven million that's kind of terrifying Come on. And the cap's going down. The cap's going down yeah. this year. You're giving you're giving Kevin Hayes seven. No. Was it Jimmy or Kevin? Kevin. It was Kevin. You're giving Kevin Hayes
0: $7 million. I would Ugh. take Brandon Sod for six in a heartbeat. You kind of have to at this point, right? Especially considering he only does have two years left on his contract. It's not like it's a albatross deal that goes like five years into the future. And they're still competing. At least they're still thinking they can compete. Well, that depends on if they if they don't re-sign Artemi Panarin or Sergei Bobrovsky, that kind of puts a damper on your competition, doesn't it? Yes, but
1: they could if they get Sod back. It's obviously he's not as good as Panarin, obviously, but it's not a huge drop off in production. And then you you find a goalie to trade to trade for or sign. I don't know. I I think it's I think it's a long shot. We're probably wasting more breath on this than we need to. Um yeah. but. It's interesting. I I, I just think it almost feels like both those guys are going to Florida. I don't know. It just... It kind of does, yeah. It just has that feel, and that means Roberto Luongo is going to probably retire, which actually looking at it, it kind of makes me sad. A little bit. Um, I started to like him once he left Vancouver.
0: I know, right? He (laughs) really became kind of a likable guy. Well, they they very obviously took his replacement tonight. Everything I've heard about Spencer Knight is oh, that yeah. this kid probably going to play one one year in college and then he's going to come in next season as just this polished product. Like, he, his stats that he put up for the development team were insane. His record was like 36-4-2. Like, he just had an unbelievable season for them, and he plays with a lot of poise, and I normally am – vehemently against taking a goaltender in the first round of the draft, but there have been a lot of people trying to sell me on the notion that this was a good move for the Panthers, and it's hard to, in the glow of the moment, it's kind of hard to disagree with it. Yeah. All right. Let's get to um, some of the rumors of the day. Um, Yay, rumors! My favorite thing.
1: Got to tell our tell everybody about our friend Michael Elwood with Remax First Service. You're trying to find your dream home in the Chicagoland area? Hit up Michael Elwood of REMAX First Service. He will get it done. You will find the home of your dreams. I did. I'm there. I'm here right now in my dream home that Michael Elwood helped me find there in Orland Park. REMAX First Service. Michael Elwood. Hit him up and find a great place to live. Uh, so two names today uh, that came out as being available. The The first one is PK Subban. Uh, Nashville is looking to shed some salary. They I saw one report that said they'd be willing to eat up as much as $3 million of that contract, which makes it very affordable. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Nashville would like to move PK Subban to Chicago. Doesn't If make you're that t- desperate to unload salary, you probably should cast as wide a net as possible. I would think so. I would think so, too. And the other name, Justin Falk. Now, this to me, I think there's some meat on this bone. Last year... The Hawks tried to acquire Justin Falk. They wanted Brandon Saad back, and the Hawks said no. It probably wasn't one for one. There are probably some other elements in there, some draft picks and whatnot. But I wonder if these conversations can be rekindled tomorrow and if uh, Brandon Saad might be added. Um, you know, Maybe the Hawks are more willing to part with him now to, to add Justin Falk, who upgrades their D. But then you got to trade a defenseman with that, right? it's got to be sod in a defenseman to Carolina because you just have too many bodies. Cause you're, yeah, now you do for if, sure. If you get Falk, your, your top six is done. You've got Keith Seabrook, Mata Murphy, Yokoharu, Falk, and you still have, you know, Dahlstrom and Cuckoo and all those other guys in the system that have played and, and Gustav Forsling and all those guys. So I think a defenseman would have to go, uh, in that deal, too. So maybe like a Brandon Sodden and the rights to sign Gustav Forsling uh, mm-hmm. for Justin Falk. I would do that. Would you do that? I, I sure would.
0: I don't I don't know if that would be enough for Carolina. I think they maybe would want like another draft pick as compensation. Most likely, I feel like they'd want to try. I guess it depends on what the market is for Justin Falk. Like that's that's kind of a curious thing, because I know Oli Mata got what Dominic Cahoon and a draft pick. So, I mean, it's it's interesting, I guess you can say, like what, what the Blackhawks could potentially give up. I am kind of in your camp where I just don't see a conceivable scenario in which the Blackhawks are able to land P.K. Subban from the Predators, even though it would be flipping awesome that to have awesome. him here. Like, especially if they're willing to eat some money on the deal. Like, that that to me is fascinating that they're that eager to – potentially save money on the salary cap. And I could easily see a guy like Brandon sod, potentially being a piece in a trade like that. I mean, the, the talk I had heard about him potentially going to Toronto, there were guys that mentioning like Nylander going to the predators. They clearly would want an upgrade it forward. And Brandon sod could give them a boost at that spot. But I think that ultimately fuck is probably a little bit more realistic of an option. I I think sod, a guy like Forsling, maybe another prospect, maybe a decent draft pick. I think that at least like gets you in the door in a negotiation with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes.
1: Now, I realize I just said that I think the Hawks need help at wing, and I've already traded Brandon Saad like 47 times on this show. I'm fully aware of that. It needs to be acknowledged. Um, I do think that that would also be – you would make this move knowing you're going to sign another forward or two – uh, like Ryan Zingle or some and or somebody else on the free agency list. So I'm aware of what I said and how it's sort of contradictory. I just want to I want to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it just seems like Falk is a guy who Sam Bowman has been focused on for a long time, um, and and the Hawks have been trying to get him for a long time. Last year, maybe unwilling to give them Brandon Saad because they traded him for P- Panarin, and it seemed like. Wow, that was a clear loss of a trade, right? Especially considering the year he had two years ago. Almost like they didn't want to admit that fault. Uh, but I think now that some some time has passed, and and Saad was good last year, but not great. Found himself on the bottom six a lot, just sort of more not as a because he wasn't performing, but just kind of trying to fit pieces in where they could. Um, I don't know. I, I just I think I'd be surprised if Saad is back on opening night. I don't, it's just it's just a gut feeling I have, and that's not. Based on anything I've heard or talked to anyone, it's just kind of the feeling I have. And everyone's sort of uh, already shipped out Artem and and I sort of have too, but I do a lot of teams want him?
0: No, I don't think so. And I think that if there's one thing we've learned about the NHL, it's that center depth can be a really good thing. And it would not necessarily be a bad thing to have a center group of Jonathan Taves, Dylan Strome, Kirby Doc, and Artem that's not bad. That's no. pretty I well, and David say that's Camp pretty solid.
1: And David Camp too
0: is has proven to be, I mean, look, if that's your fourth line center, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. And and, it, and again, you have that versatility potentially with Dylan Strom as well. I think that's a really, it's a good thing for your forward group to have that kind of depth. And they probably have the cap space to carry an off for at least another season. So if you get a good offer for him, fine. But if not, it's probably not the end of the world if they keep him am i allowed to say that without getting excoriated by blackhawks nation i i will not excoriate you i promise I thank you i, I, I think you're I, I
1: just a lot of people are like well you know uh you, you want justin fall just give him uh artem and east Mob and a third round pick like uh, no mm-hmm. No one wants your garbage, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not saying he's garbage, but like. Well, we're at it. Why don't we give him Brad Seabrook? They need to replace a body down there, don't I mean, they? But teams aren't just like chomping at the bit to get Artem and Isimov. Like, if a team finds they have a need, like, ah, we could use a depth center. Okay, if you're gonna trade an Isimov, it's gonna be for a late round pick. You're yeah. not gonna get any NHL. You're gonna get a fifth round pick back for him.
0: And you're probably going to get like a two and a half million dollar Jason Garrison type contract too. Yeah, you
1: might have to take some trash back. I hope it's not that.
0: <laughs> but you get the point, though. It's going to be that kind of a contract that you look at and you kind of hold your nose and go, okay, <laughs> right, all right, we'll deal with that. Yeah, um, we'll we'll deal with that trash.
1: Yeah, I don't know. There, it's going to be a really interesting week here uh, or ten days leading up to the start of free agency. But I really, I just have a feeling something's happening tomorrow. I just, I don't know. There's a lot of smoke. There's just a lot of really enticing trade names out there. The Hawks have been. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention this. Did you see Pierre LeBrun mention that the Hawks might be interested in signing Corey Perry?
0: I was really hoping that we were going to just like step around that uh, (laughs) flaming bag of dog crap. I was really hoping we were just going to avoid it. Kind of skate past it, but no. You know what, Jay? Now that you brought it up, why don't you just go ahead and tell us all about this walking dumpster fire, please? <laughs> well, uh, Corey Perry was bought out by
1: the Anaheim Ducks early this week, and uh, Pierre LeBron reported that the Hawks and the Predators were two teams that were interested. Now, I hate Corey Perry. James hates Corey Perry. If you're a Blackhawks fan, chances are you hate Corey Perry. If this were to happen, it would be a one-year deal, at low money, and just sort of a flyer to see what you have. I wonder if drafting Kirby Doc changes that. I wonder if now that they got the guy they want. but they knew, no, because they would have known already they're getting Doc, right? Yeah,
0: like that didn't change. Um, yeah, I was, I didn't think the Rangers were gonna be like, we want Kirby Doc, right? Yeah,
1: I'm talking so. I don't know. Maybe they'll. Maybe they're going to sign him to a one-year deal and just let Doc see what happens. And if he makes a team, he makes a team. And Perry or Taves can play wing or whatever. But mm. ooh, that would be rough. That's a tough pill to swallow. Like he's. That's one of those dudes. That's like if they got Kevin Bieksa or uh huh or you know like or, or not Rafi Torres. I'm not going to put him. How in about that Alex category. Burrows? Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, and Ryan Kessler. Not to mention that cory perry was bad last year and he's yeah. cory perry not good at hockey there is a reason why the ducks bought him out yeah he was their captain he was old and so by the way another name in free agency everyone talks about is joe pavelski and that would be awesome but i will not believe the sharks are letting him go until he is officially gone from the sharks it's going to yeah, be like a dexter it's hard F- to
0: believe that yeah
1: it'll be like a dexter follower 2016 thing It'll be like, oh, he's signed with this team and it's all done. And then he's going to walk into the Sharks locker room and hug everybody. <laughs> and the gang's going to be reunited. I don't know. I, I just, I can't imagine Joe Pavelski leaving San Jose. But look, that's another guy. If you want to give him not a huge deal, not a lot of term, but two, three years of Joe Pavelski,
0: I would take a flyer on that. What I'm hearing is you want to give him a Patrick Marlowe deal. Um,
1: yes marlo
0: signed a three-year deal with the maple Leafs.
1: i think he's got more in the tank than marlo don't you
0: well yeah i just meant that type of contract. yeah
1: sure yeah that'd be great i'm absolutely
0: so yeah and that does take the pressure off of kirby doc to be a right away contributor too
1: yeah i don't know so much can happen in the next what 11 days 10 days uh, before free agency officially begins i'm really excited can, about can,
0: it can i make a uh bold uh statement yes. right now on the podcast yes if the blackhawks signed joe pavelski it would be the culmination of many many years of desire and yes i know that this is four or five years beyond when i actually wanted them to go out and get joe pavelski but if they sign joe pavelski there will be a Joe Pavelski sweater hanging in my closet before opening night of 2019. All right. That's
1: That is wow. That you're like Kenny Williams with Ken Griffey Jr.
0: I love (laughs) Joe Pavelski, man. And I know, again, I know he's past his prime, but he's still a pretty damn good hockey player for the age that he is. And I think he could be a really good fit for the Blackhawks and would really give them A good boost of strength up the middle if they signed him, provided it's not insane money. But you know what? I'd again, I'd rather have him than Corey Perry. That's for damn certain.
1: If it was if it was insane money, would you still get the jersey?
0: I might protest and not get the jersey, but I did just kind of say that I would get it if they sign him. So I'm kind of boxed in here. I think I have to get it.
1: All right, well, you know where to go. Triple Threat Sports, they'll get you your uh, Joe Pavelski jersey or whatever Blackhawk jersey you want to get this year. No one Maybe wants I should to- get
0: a Joe Pavelski Blackhawks jersey regardless, kind of like all those uh, Maple Leaf fans got Roberto Luongo jerseys. Oh, God. And uh, remember the Eric Lindros
1: uh, Maple Leafs jerseys people had? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> all those like, yeah, it's, it's a done deal. It's going to happen. Oof. <laughs> all right. Uh let's talk about Rabbit Brewing. Then we're going to pause for our email of the show. Are you ready? Should we wrap this up? I I want some beer. What? Beer? Uh, yeah. Well, Rabbit Brewing uh that's the place to get beer if you haven't heard. Uh Tobias and Ray, I saw them at the Homewood Farmers Market this week, which is my favorite place to be in the summer by the way. They've got their stand out there. I had the Hemogoblin, my favorite. Ray had it poured for me before I even got to the table cuz she just knows that's my go-to. But everything at Rabid is fantastic. The newly released Zool is amazing. The uh, Blood Orange Chocolate Stout, amazing. Everything there is so good, so creative, so delicious. And they're starting to bottle. They're starting to distribute. So tell your local bar, hey, you guys need to reach out to Rabbit Brewing. Get in touch with them. Get their kegs in here. Get their bottles in here. It's really, really good stuff. Go visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Are you ready, my friend, for the email of
0: the show? As ready as I will ever be. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod.
1: The email of the show, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com, Cajun. Mexican, pub food, everything that makes you fat is at Chuck's. And I say that with (laughs) love and kindness. Everything there is absolutely fantastic. Bring your friends. Bring your family. I say this all the time about Chuck's. Whoever you bring, they will find something they love at Chuck's. There's literally something for the pickiest little kid to the gourmet uh, food critic type, Dan Bernstein type. Snobby food person. There's something at Chucks for everybody. So go there, Chuckscafe.com, Burbank Darien. You will not regret it. This email of the show is actually a tweet. Because it's a common theme I've gotten all day and we should address it. Brett Gasman says they could have traded down for Doc. He's not bad, but you have to take Byram in that spot. This is like taking Drew Ann when you should have taken Jones. It's Stan trying to be cute.
0: James, your thoughts. I disagree with it being Stan Bowman being cute. I don't think there was. And he's done any, that before. It, sure. Yes. Yeah, well, a lot of GMs have. A lot of GMs are guilty of this. But I will say that I don't think that this is one of those instances. I genuinely feel in my heart of hearts that if the Blackhawks, say, had traded down to, I don't know, you want to call it 6 six if they made a deal with the Red Wings or seven if they had gone um, another pick down and maybe made a deal with the Buffalo Sabres like that. I don't know if Kirby Doc still would have been there. Like, I do think there was a reason why there were a decent number of people who had him on the top five on their boards. And like you said, there were people that said he was one of the most NHL ready forwards in this draft. I think a team like the L.A. Kings, I do think they would have gone out and gotten Kirby Doc with that fifth pick instead of Alex Turcotte. And then when there you would have, obviously you would have been able to get a guy like that. But if you identified Kirby Doc as your guy, and if no one was blowing you away with offers to move down a spot or two, just take your guy. You have the pick. Like if if you're not getting blown away by offers, there's no reason to just settle on a deal just for the sake of recouping an asset. Like the, flyers what they moved down three picks today from 11 to 14 and they ended up getting a second round pick out of it that's obviously decent value but i think it would have required something more than that for the blackhawks to move down two or three spots in the first round don't you yes and that's you what get, i'm saying like that, get, that to me you can be mad all you want they did not take bowen byram i totally understand it right he would have i think he's gonna have a really solid nhl career i really like what i saw out of him he was the top guy on my board and i said today there were five guys that would have been okay with the blackhawks taking but he was number one on my list i get that frustration but this idea that stan bowman got cute with it and could have just traded down to seven or eight and still gotten kirby Doc, i don't think is accurate I saw somebody tweeted at you and said they could have gotten him at twelve and I about snorted <laughs> yeah, pop no. out of my nose. Like there there was no flipping way he was dropping that no. much. I, I just I think that people need to remember that just because they didn't take Bowen Byrom doesn't immediately make the pick stupid and it takes two to tango on these things and the Blackhawks most likely just they didn't get an offer that they would have pulled the trigger on because I promise you if they had gotten a really good deal and recouped some draft capital and been able to have multiple picks in good spots, I think they would have done it. I don't think they got the offer that they couldn't refuse.
1: And Sam Bowman basically said that today, that that those calls were not being made. They were just not, it was an opportunity that never presented itself. So that's what it is. And look, I think like last year, the book pick was cute. He would, that was an overdraft. But again, that falls into Stan Bowman seeing a guy, identifying a guy, and saying, this is the guy I want. Da- you know, the experts be damned. I've identified Adam Boquist as the guy I want, and he's going to have to live or die with it. And if Boquist doesn't pan out, and if Yokoharu doesn't pan out, and if Doc doesn't pan out, Stan Bowman will be out of a job. But from everything we've seen so far, those three guys, your top... Well, we can't really say anything about Doc yet, but but Yokoharu and Boquist, they're on the right trajectory, there it's very likely Yoko is going to play 82 games considering he's healthy or assuming he's healthy next year. Boquist probably the year after and and maybe Kirby doc is here from day one next season, but we're going to see, man, so much is going to happen between now and opening day. So much is going to happen between now and next week. By the time we talk on the next podcast, James, we could be looking at two, three different names on this roster that we didn't know were going to be here. So, um, Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for staying up late with us. Uh, We wanted to make sure the whole first round went by so no trades happened while we were doing the podcast. I'm glad we waited. Uh, And look, if any news breaks over the weekend, any news breaks early next week, James and I will be back with you uh, to do everything we need to do. We'll do a free agency preview because some of those names are going to start leaking out as the tampering period begins. So stick with the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris 708-478-6090. Marishka's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. And of course, our friend Michael Elwood with Remax First Service. Find your dream home with Michael Elwood of Remax First
0: Service. James, any final thoughts before we wrap things up? I did want to mention before we wrapped up, I know that obviously we do a decent number of podcasts in the offseason, but I also, we don't do this very often, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Jay and I put some... Pretty good hockey writing together as well. I, I on the NBC Chicago Madhouse Enforcer blog, I have a good analysis post about what the Kirby Doc selection probably means for the team moving forward up on the site right now. And Jay did some killer work over at Six Seventy The Score doing some scouting reports and then an instant analysis of that Kirby Doc pick. I would strongly encourage you to follow um, our written work as well on those uh, platforms and. You know, just make sure to uh, give us a Facebook like every now and then on that stuff. We work hard on that and we appreciate all the support. And if you can't get enough of our, you know, fiery hockey thoughts, that's another good place to get it.
1: And if you want to find those articles, go to MadhousePod.com and you will find links to everything James and I write. Everything you need about this podcast is on MadhousePod.com, including our bios, every episode, uh, links to our sponsors. Uh, links to our Patreon and GoFundMe, which we never talk about, but they exist. Uh, so head over there. MadhousePod.com is your one stop shop for everything podcast. But with that, let's wrap things up. James, I will talk to you, I think, pretty soon. We're going to find yeah, out. It's
0: going to be in the next couple days, man. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Cannot wait for this offseason to get underway.
1: Thank you all for listening. Thanks for staying up with us on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.